Okay, so I'm going to start by praying, um, and then we'll we'll make a start. Father, we thank you for um, a good day and just the freedom that we enjoy, uh, both the uh, political and social freedom that we enjoy, just hearing distressing news from different parts of the world. We learn to appreciate the peace that we have, and also we uh, are so grateful for the reconciliation that Jesus brought and the peace that comes from knowing him. And we are incredibly thankful for that and everything that that entails to, to our lives in our everyday experiences. Pray that you will speak to us and encourage us to become uh, better at praying, interceding for others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. <laughs> Amen. So I've been really spurred on by two things. One, um, I've been leading some devotions at uh, our prayer meeting a couple of weeks back uh, on Genesis 18, which is going to be the backdrop of what I, I want us to look at uh, tonight. And also just the amount of needs that have been in the church and the appreciation that I had of people who are standing in the gap for, for, for those I can say those of us who find things challenging. And this is the beauty of intercessory prayer. That's what intercessory prayer is. It's uh, 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 somebody being willing to stand in the gap on behalf of somebody else in praying for them, their situation, uh, their context, their difficulties, or even just praying for them to thrive before God. So it's this threefold triangle if you want as an image it's it's uh, me going to god praying for somebody else and this is something that's overall in scripture um jesus prays for his disciples john 17 he intercedes for all his disciples not just the 12 but he prays for all his disciples those who are going to become disciples as well so for us for me and you also, Jesus prays specifically for Peter. He intercedes for Peter and he tells Peter that uh, he prayed he would be tempted, but he prayed for him. The church prays, intercedes for Peter and John as they are arrested uh, early on in the book of Acts uh, as they heal the man sat at the beautiful gate at the temple. The Philippian church prays for the apostle Paul. They intercede for him very specifically, and also all throughout Paul's letters, you can find numerous names and churches that are being mentioned. Paul is an intercessor. He prays for other people. He brings other people before God. But it's a beautiful picture of that. If you step into the Old Testament, where Abraham speaks to God, so that is uh, uh, just a, a wonderful way to see that. And the backdrop is Genesis 18. And here are some of the things that I think uh, can help us if we want to be intercessors. The first thing is this, intercessors hear God's voice. Genesis 18, verse 16 onwards. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? 
Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what has promised him. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. Intercessors will hear God's voice. And there's a twofold way practically that we can do that. The always on, we will hear God's voice spoken through scripture. God will always speak. We would know what God's heart is for and what God's heart is against if we open the scriptures and hear what he says to us. But there will also be specific things that God will speak to us about, but intercessors hear God's voice. Now, hear me out on this. I think there has been a little bit of a, I would say, unhelpful situation that has been built in the church, just as much as we had this priestly setup where pastors and vicars and priests were set up as special and as different from the laity. In the same way, there has been this almost brand of intercessors surrounded and shrouded in mystery, where almost they were the elite force of God's people. And very often, most people in the congregation felt very intimidated by that, and they never thought they could be intercessors. So what I'm saying, intercessors hear God's voice. Anybody who can open the scriptures and read the scriptures and get to hear God's voice is qualified to be an intercessor. So it's not an exclusive business. It's not some sort of a VIP blue room. God gives you this special badge. Anybody can be an intercessor because anybody can hear God's voice through the scriptures as the Holy Spirit speaks to us. The second thing, intercessors draw near to God. I love this. Verse 22, the men turned away and went towards Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. There was something in Abraham that he just desired to be near to God when he heard that news. Intercessors would always draw near to God. Everybody's invited to be an intercessor, but actually there will be a filtering that would happen because unless we draw near to the Lord, we will find it very difficult to have the confidence in who he is to come and bring those prayers before him and to have his heart for those that we want to pray. So again, just like Abraham, intercessors draw near to God. I love this. He remains standing before the Lord. Third thing, intercessors are selfless. Verse 23, then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? Now, there is nothing in it for Abraham. It doesn't gain anything. 
Of course, he has some interest in that his nephew Lot is in there. But consider this. If he wanted to pray for Lot, he could have just prayed specifically for Lot and could have said to God, God, will you just save Lot? He is one of mine. He is part of the covenant. Will you just get him out supernaturally? But instead, Abraham selflessly prays for the whole city of Gomorrah if there are 50 righteous people in the city. There was nothing in it for him. And this is, again, the trademark of intercessors. Intercessors are not selfish. They are selfless. There are so many ministries in which often we are drawn towards because they provide a limelight or a spotlight. And it makes us feel good about us. It affirms us. It gives us a sense of self-worth. Servants of God don't need that. Our self-worth, our appreciation, our feeling good about ourselves should come from our identity in Christ, not what we do for Christ or for other people. And therefore, true intercessors do this selflessly. There's nothing in it for them. They just do it because they want to honor God and they love other people. Number four, intercessors know God's character. Verse 25. Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will you not, as the judge of the whole earth, do right? The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Intercessors know God's character. Now. Obviously, it's difficult to tell how much did Abraham know of God, but he had an inkling about God's character. He had some information. He had built a theology. And according to what he knew of God's character, he knew that God was just. He was going to be fair. And that's what he appeals to God based on his character. He says, God, surely you're just. There are some good people in there, righteous people in there, and some wicked people. You could save them. And God replies to him and takes that challenge, responds to that, because intercessors who know God's character would always appeal to that. Number five, intercessors stay humble. Verse 27. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, Though I am nothing but dust and ashes. What if the number of righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. My second sort of misconception that I think has been damaging for the church over the years has been this image that intercessors are these people that somehow through their aggression, will somehow twist God's arm behind his back and convince God because they're aggressive. True intercessors are not aggressive. They're not cocky. They're not arrogant. They're not entitled. They come as servants. And this is the heart of Abraham. He realizes, although he's bargaining with God, 
he comes from a position of, this is a description. I am nothing but dust and ashes. I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord. He recognizes he's so unworthy to receive this. And he stays humble. Intercessors, true intercessors will always stay humble. Number, I don't know what number it is. I think it's six. It could be six. It doesn't really matter. Intercessors are compassionately persistent. Verse 29 onwards. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. This is incredible. Abraham is persistent, but his persistence is out of compassion. His persistence is because he had found something in God's character where God saw his compassion and he would respond to that compassion. And that's what encouraged him to gently, humbly, yet boldly to come and keep asking God for grace at a lower and lower and lower number with a hope that that city could be saved. It's a beautiful picture of a true intercessor who is compassionate and persistent in asking God to do something. So. These, these are the qualities that you can see in Abraham as he intercedes for Sodom and Gomorrah. He hears God's voice. God speaks to him. There's that intimacy there. He also draws near to God himself. And the two things are very much related. The more we draw near to God, the more we're likely to hear God's voice. Speaking to us primarily and generally and daily through scriptures and sometimes speaking to us supernaturally too. Abraham is selfless. There's nothing in it for him. It's not his agenda. He's not building anything. He doesn't get any credit for it. It's selfless. And Abraham appeals to God because he knows God's character. And whatever he's already learned about him, he doesn't know the full character of God, but whatever he knows of him causes him to dare to come, believing that God is a compassionate God who would respond. Abraham stays humble. There is nothing in his approach that is arrogant, entitled, aggressive. Abraham is compassionately persistent. He doesn't give up. He doesn't take no for an answer when other people's lives are at risk, and he keeps pushing and pushing, again, gently and humbly, but he is persistent because he really has compassion and wants to see those people saved. Now, I want to give you some practicalities and then we'll stop 
and give, give, give you a chance to interact and uh, maybe bring your own thoughts and ask some questions. The first and most important thing is, I want to say with all my heart to you, you can do it. You can be an intercessor. There is nobody that is excluded from this. It's not a special gift that only some people receive. It's not reserved for a group of elite Christians. You can do it. All those things that I've described to you from Abraham's life, you and I, we can have them. We can be those intercessors. Practically, if you want to be an intercessor, I think you need to be engaged. I think if you're disengaged from the body of Christ, if you don't know what's happening, if you don't show up and by showing up, I don't mean physically because not everybody can be physically, but engaged, you know, be on WhatsApp, join on Zoom, join with a small group, be engaged. It's so important. If you're distant and disinterested, it's going to be very difficult for you to be able to pray for anybody because you're not going to know what to pray for. So being engaged is a condition, a practical condition of being an intercessor. Third thing, pay attention. Again, in order to be able to pray for somebody, you need to hear, you need to see, you need to be able to understand what's happening. And by paying attention, you will be able to receive the information in order to pray for people. And you will hear the troubles, the challenges, the opportunities that will prompt you to be able to do that. Number four, this probably doesn't apply to everybody, but it certainly applies to me. I'm easily forgetful. Find a way to remember. <laughs> so for me, I write it down. I have to write it down. It's really important to do that. So maybe you've got a fantastic memory and you'll be fine. Um, I, I, I have not been given a memory that, you know, just um, I can always rely on in order to pray for people. And I find it helpful to jot it down. But you need to know what's the best way for you to remember it. And if you've got a fantastic memory, you don't need to worry about that. Number five, I think it's important to develop a system or a pattern if you want to live as an intercessor. And there are different ways and you need to find the, the one that works for you. There are a couple um, that I can make a suggestion um, that could be helpful to you. One of them is having lists, having prayer lists. So um, I, I have different prayer lists. Um, I could have a list for people who are physically unwell. I can have a list for people that are unsaved that I want to pray for. Um, I have a list of issues that I pray for the nation. I have a list of issues that I pray for the church. Um, I sometimes have a list with some Bible verses that are significant that I want to pray through in other people's lives. So just a whole system of lists and you can have a notebook that you can put them in. You can have an app that you can use in order to put, you can have a to-do list. You get the idea. Uh, it's, it's helpful to have a pattern. You can have a notebook where you put all these things and it's great because you can go back to them and you can see answers to prayer. The other one is having cards. You know, like the revision cards that uh, uh, pupils and students use, um, like the ones they used to have on a Rolodex. All of you in the room are probably old enough to know what a Rolodex is. But basically, you can have a list of those cards and you can put the, maybe the name of the person 
maybe you can put a scripture on it that you want to pray for them. And, you know, maybe you can add little bits. Um, again, in the notes, I'll send you a sample um, from somebody who's been doing one just to give you an idea of what that could look like. I think for me, uh, I use a hybrid system of both those. So long-term people that I pray for will probably go on a card. Short-term, um, using a very simple example, but Michael Ian's brother, you know, he's improving very quickly. He's likely to be out of hospital. He'd probably be on a list, you know, but my unsaved neighbors are probably going to be on a card because this is a longer, you know, kind of <laughs> journey that we've been on. And it's... Uh, Let's say there's, there's, there's a family of friends uh, of mine who maybe have challenges with their children or challenges in their marriage and it's been going on for a few years. That would probably go on a card because it's, it's something that's um, taken a long time. Um, while other things that are shorter term could be going on a list. So those are um, kind of my thoughts I wanted to, to share with you. We'll stop the recording and then we'll open up 